Hey, so before this episode starts, I wanted to let you know that I'm running a free webinar training on how I reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers each year and generate partnership revenue through authentic brand partnerships. It may be that you're feeling really cash strapped at the moment. Maybe you're over relying on Facebook and Instagram advertising, or it could just be that your marketing strategies are no longer cutting through or working like they used to. Either way, it's absolutely time to use brand partnerships. There's never been a more necessary time to integrate this tactic into your marketing strategy because partnerships can drive both reach and revenue for your business, which is really exciting. I'm only going to do two free sessions on this. The first one's on Tuesday, the 2nd of August, and the second one is on Wednesday, the 3rd of August. One's at lunchtime, one is early morning. Um, And to register, you can do that for free via the URL bit.ly slash reach 100k or bit.ly slash reach 100k. I look forward to seeing you there. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to This Is How We Do It. We chat with brilliant marketers to delve behind the scenes of creative marketing collaborations and brand partnerships. I'm your host, Jess Rufus, and I'm the founder of Collabosaurus, Together with Yotpo, we are exploring how collaboration marketing can build a business and we're chatting to the pros about how they do it. Hey, hey, welcome back to This Is How We Do It. Today's episode, I'm chatting with the incredibly inspiring entrepreneur that is Elise Tran, co-founder of In The Roundhouse. You may recognize her name already as she co-founded the highly successful accessories brand, The Daily Edited. And since exiting TDE, she is off building new businesses, including lifestyle brand In The Roundhouse, a new beauty brand, as well as working with US fashion tech business, LTK, formerly Reward Style. So I got the chance to sit down with Elise and talk about how she continues to build coveted businesses as part of Yotpo's Amazing Women in E-Commerce Awards Luncheon in Sydney. And I cannot tell you how supportive that community is. And I absolutely encourage you to head to the link in the show notes to join the Aoi community as well. Without further ado, let's jump in to my conversation with Elise Tran. Bodies, the word entrepreneur, it is you. You are doing work for That's too much. Oh my gosh. And I mean, everyone will know the daily edited as well, which was Elise's baby as well, which she exited and has then gone on to found in the roundhouse and is working with. LTK, formerly yeah. Reward Style. Thank you. You have a lot to talk about I know, today. I'm very busy, yes. <laughs> overcommitted. So, I mean, I, I would love to start with In The Roundhouse yeah. because I'm obsessed with this brand. Where did the inspiration come from for this? So, In The Roundhouse um, is a sort of a, meant to be a Gen Z millennial tabletop homewares brand. It kind of came out, actually one of my school friends came up with the idea and she said, Elise, can you come and work with me on this? And I was like, no, I don't have time. I own the Daily Edited. Do you understand? And she and she, she persisted. And so um, she and I work on this business together. She actually is has just moved back to Adelaide. But essentially we seek to kind of dress everyone's tables in, you know, cool, colourful homewares at a very accessible price point. And I kind of didn't think it would go anywhere, but really COVID blew this business up because then everyone, you know, became very obsessed with their at-home dining experience and how they would set the table. And now entertaining, home entertaining and styling is a big part of not only people who are, say, you know, full-time content creators, um, 
concern, but almost everyone's concern, which is actually really nice. So I'm going to continue to ride the wave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. And I mean, being so different from the daily editors, yeah. how did you go about building in the roundhouse? You know, what challenges could you have avoided this time round doing it the second time? So um, for those who don't know, the daily editor was a fashion accessories brand with a heavy focus on personalization. So it was, I had a co-founder in that business who was very amazing in the sense that she allowed me to create every single product that I wanted. So what happened with that business was there was a huge product range, over 1,200 SKUs from like an iPod case through to carry-on luggage and everything ended up having to be personalised. So about 95% of the customer orders had some sort of personalisation element. So the two things sort of that I learnt from that were not to carry too much inventory because when I left that business, there was nearly like three, four million dollars worth of inventory on the books. So I'm like, oh, this is not my issue anymore. <laughs> Thank God. Um, and then the double handling of the product. So when you looked at the um, bottom line of TDE as compared to other brands in the space, it wasn't as healthy because, you know, we had to, it, it took double the people to serve customers in store and online. So I, like, you know, I've tried to keep things very streamlined. I'm like, things on the table only for in the roundhouse and keep the product range quite tight. So people are like, why don't you do a cushion? I'm like, no, not on the table. I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, you know, keep it tight. Um, and then, you know, try to keep the product quite simple. Although I do love personalisation um, and I don't know whether I will end up personalising some aspects of this product, like the napkins. I don't know. I don't know. But I need to work out a better way to do it that it's a bit more streamlined. <laughs> um, okay, I would love to talk about co-founding businesses. That's not something I've had experience in, and I'd love to ask you about co-founding. What's your experience been like with that, and how do you ensure smooth sailing so that you're actually oh, lol. <laughs> lol, um, <laughs> leveraging everyone's like strengths while also leading yeah. a team? I mean, this is a super interesting question, and for a while I wasn't okay with talking about it. So. I had a quite a public falling out with my co-founder of The Daily Edited. Like, if you Google it later, but don't Google it. We had... Um, we, we ended up not seeing eye to eye. I wanted to... I desperately thought we were building this business to sell and exit to a third party. And in the end, I didn't realise that she wanted to keep it forever. So she has purchased the business from me, right? Um, and so I've had, like... An interesting relationship because we were good friends and then we went... We built this business and then it all went... I, you know, I can say this because it's in the media, like, went south. And I'm working again with another friend. And I'm, it's weird because people are like, aren't you scared to work with a friend again? And I'm like, no, because, like, I really enjoy working with others. I really love um, having someone to bounce ideas off. And, you know, at the, end, at the end of the day, you can't do it yourself. Like, there are jobs that I don't want to do. Like, I don't like spreadsheets. I don't like accounting. Um, you know, I love to, my skills are driving top line, marketing, content creation, and they're the things that I do best. But you can't just have a business with those things. You need all the other stuff like the logistics, the finance, the operations. So it is quite nice to find people to support you in, in, those, in those other aspects of business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what was your experience exiting the Daily Edited? Because mm. I think for a lot of people, that's the end goal, exiting yeah. the business. Yeah, it was great. Like, you know, got to buy a new house and stuff and like, you know, do things like that. Um, but we're by no means, I was saying, I'm by no means Mel from Canva. So <laughs> got to keep going. Jeez. Um, um, so it was really nice um, and, you know, a nice way to... 
And again, when you build a business, a lot my family very much bankrolled that business, and so being able to pay them back and being have that off my I'm ethnic, so like having that kind of like parental guilt is very full on. So we're in a good place. My mum and I are now equals again. So yeah, so it was really great and a weight off my shoulders in that respect. Um, and. Like I probably didn't take off, I didn't take off any time because I had this fear of becoming very becoming irrelevant. So and I had like my identity so tied with that business that I was like, who am I? You know. <laughs> um, so I, I launched myself very quickly into new business ventures and then took on this role with this US business, LTK, which is formerly known as Reward Style, which is an amazing like billion dollar tech business like the founder of it is a Mel from Canva but based in Dallas um, rolling them out here in the APAC region and I, I probably shouldn't have taken on so many things but um, you know it'll, it'll pay off at some point but that's fine we're frantic now my hair's messy it's fine like yeah anyway um, do you have any tips for e-com brands that are looking to scale a brand to, like, the way that the daily edited scale and then exiting their business? What tips do you have for them? I guess it's just increasing distribution. So, you know, if you're a pure, pure play e-commerce, I, I kind of, you know, really admire people that keep their business pure play. Like Jane Lou Shopo, I'm like, interesting, like, you're so lucky you don't have to have any stores and obviously that's working. So I don't, you know, this is just my point of view. Um, for me, increasing distribution really increased the scope of that brand, and that meant you know working with partners like David Jones, Saks Fifth Avenue, La Bon Marche, to increase the physical footprint of that brand, and then open physical retail stores. And I really do think that that lifted that brand from beyond social media and e-commerce into a real brand that be, could could have become a you know a world player in the accessory space because you know that brand could have could keep going to become like a Tory Burch or something like that. And when you look at the great big big brands in the world and I look at the suite of brands like at LVMH, Richemont and stuff, they they have that full offering. And so for me I think it's, you know, increasing your distribution mm. to scale and then build your revenue and get out of there. <laughs> were yeah. you quite considered in who you selected to be your distribution partners or were you like anyone could get us out there? No, I just went for the best. Okay. You know, I, I you know, in Australia I sought to work with the best. Um so with David Jones and then Oh, I love David Jones. I know other people might think differently. And there's someone from Marks and Spencer here, but it's okay. <laughs> um, no. Um, but, you know, I, it, it was the right fit for the brand. Like, it, in, in fact, it was really great because it was the cheapest accessories brand in that floor. And I kind of loved, I loved being that. You know, I loved being the option that people could go for. Um, Saks Fifth Avenue, you know, it was a play between either like Nordstrom or Saks. And again, you know, cheapest brand in Saks didn't mind being there. So it was just more a positioning sort of thing mm. and where we thought we could sell our product. Interesting. Awesome. And who's an amazing woman in e-commerce that you look up to? Obviously, everyone here. Um, <laughs> everybody. Like, literally room. everyone here. I think Mel from Canva, like, should get an e Is that even e-commerce, though? I don't know. I just feel like she should Yeah, be well, obviously, here. she's the number one head honcho in Australia, <laughs> so. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. 
Um, so is there anyone in particular you want to shout out or everybody in this no, room? No, literally everyone okay. in this room. Amazing. <laughs> and, and especially the people who are on LTK, like your beauty chefs, Esther and Co and stuff. So I went through the list and I want everyone else on LTK so I can work with them as well. And so what is LTK? Do you want to talk a little bit about um, that venture? Yeah. Okay. So I was keen to work with them because I was a client of theirs when I had TDE um, and I used it to scale that business with Influencer in the US. So basically it... it puts itself out to be, and I do believe this, as the number one influencer marketing platform. And what it is, is a way for influencers to monetize their content through commissionable links and brands to play in that ecosystem. And so to date, year to date, we've pushed about two billion in sales and in Australia, double digit millions. And so that example that Paige had earlier with, oh, my blazers from Marks and Spencer, you know, like, go get it. If she had put that in a story, she would have created a commissionable link through our app, put that um, as a sticker tap in her stories. You guys would have clicked on the link and maybe made a purchase. And if you had made a purchase, Paige would have gotten a commission. So... Yeah. And Marks and Spencer is integrated with our platform. So, you know, the brands get integrated into our app that creators get, you know, to have. And so it is a, a way to incentivize creators to make more content about your brand. It's a way to tap into these creators who actually do sell and convert because we could have a whole conversation about influencer marketing. But obviously, that's our goal when we like are marketing with an influencer. So it is really great. And we do a lot of branded events and this huge conference in Dallas, which is really great post COVID. Um, but yeah, it's a really, it's a female owned business as well. Um, Amber Van's box started and she was a stylist at Neiman Marcus and felt like she was giving away too many free tips on her blog. And she was like, how do I monetize this? Mm. This is like 10 years ago. And you know, she's a great woman to you know, work for. Like everyone's like, would you be an employee? And I'm like, yeah, cause this is like very fun and up my alley. And you know, I've had a few different careers. Like I was a lawyer, then I had the daily editor and now I'm like basically startup land again. Um, and it, it's nice to work in a, a big, very supportive business. It's funny, isn't it, how like, all of your experience, it ends up like playing into so many different things. I yeah. mean, I'm sure if I asked you 10 years ago, do you think you'd ever work for a, a, tech, like, business. a tech business? No, yeah. I would be like, I don't even understand Instagram, you know? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then with in the Roundhouse, what's one of the biggest challenges you've faced so far building oh. this brand? Logistics, obviously, in the mm. last couple of years. So despite being able to ride the wave of this trend and hopefully the trend continues um like the shipping issues and I don't even someone asked me are you making money from that I'm like I literally don't know because I just say I say, I'm like yeah, just just get it here like get yeah, air freighted and I don't know like the air freight is like I don't even I don't know <laughs> so yeah the logistics yeah. yeah definitely yeah. yeah oh my gosh full on yeah. and I mean when it comes to marketing I see in the roundhouse I'm sure you guys are all the same I see it Everywhere. Your marketing is That's so on nice. fire. It's fire. So, I mean, like, how, what's your strategy in terms of getting the word out? How do you um, approach it? I, I've been lucky, fortunate enough through my first business to, like, build a great kind of list of contacts and who are now my friends who work across different industries, you know, whether that be publishing, PR or, you know, content creators. And so I've been able to get the product out there much more easily. But I'm very, like... I'm happy to give anyone a go. So a lot of the time when people like DM, I'll be like, yeah, okay, if they make cute content, I'll give them at least like a $50 voucher or something, you know. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, I'm, not, I'm quite happy to collaborate and work with others to, to get the product out there. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I think relationships are so core to that as well. You know, you've tapped 
so many and built so many amazing relationships over the years. Yeah, I think helped. yeah, and I think that's the case. I mean, you're, you're the power of your own network is you know everyone's got that, so everyone absolutely, can tap into it. Absolutely, absolutely. And so I see in the roundhouse especially. Um, popping up like everywhere for sure, but also on places outside of Instagram. And I want to talk about, you know, is Instagram becoming a graveyard? Like what tools are you using to help bolster your marketing effort? (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, for my generation, so let's call it 25 to 35, is very much like Instagram, but underneath that is uh, young kids don't use Instagram. So... I guess Are you I saying we're not young. No, I know. I hate to admit it myself. I'm like, oh my god. Um, anyway, um, so I do think like it's not a graveyard. I do think that there. I don't know. Do they don't release numbers on this anymore? I spend some time on Instagram. I definitely, I certainly shop through it and things like that a lot. But definitely harnessing like TikTok and even physical retail with this brand. So, you know, working again with David Jones, we've got a pop-up shop at the intersection in Paddington, you know, that roll shops where, like, the Scanlon and Zimmerman and stuff are. Like, I'll I'll continue to try to push out that brand outside of that social channel for sure. Oh, can you collab with Scanlon? I'm obsessed with Scanlon (laughs) Theatre. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of collabs, so um, brands and partnerships, uh, brands and partnerships, Partnerships and collaborations have consistently really caught my attention within the roundhouse. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favourite that you have done that you want to talk about? A lot of the um, collaborations, so the artworks on the plates, for example, will work with other artists. So if I come up with an idea, thematic idea, I might try to draw it myself. And so I have a lot of a lot of the patterns I'll draw on my own. But then when I try to do it and it looks bad, I'll engage with someone else. And I guess our one of our most successful collaborations with is with a Bondi-based artist called Damon Downey, and he does traditionally, like, paper collage. And so his collections people love. Um, and it was mainly because we started writing Italian words and onto platters, and it looked really like... It just looked a bit Maxwell and Williams. Like, I don't know, yeah. Anyway, so then I was like, we need a more organic font. And so then um, Damon came in and cut out the, the actual letters so it looks a bit more organic and cool. Yeah, yeah. and it does look so cool. <laughs> Did such Thank a good you. job. Thank you. Um, and what's the biggest result you'd ha- you've had off the back of a collaboration? Because I think something that I found a lot with building mm. Collaborosaurus over six years and educating on the topic of brand collaborations is that traditionally they've been seen as a bit fluffy. It's a lot harder to track impact off the back of a collaboration mm. because it's happening across lots of different channels, yeah. leveraged in lots of different ways, and an artist collab is going to look very different to like a Cloudy Bay collab with what you've yeah. done. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, what's the biggest result you've had off the back of a collaboration? Anything that's been unexpected or...? Um, I guess it's, I mean, you know, things like if it sells out or whatever, or if it takes your brand to another level. So I guess I I think one of my most pivotal collaborations with The Daily Editor was working with Hayley Bieber, and it was before she became Hayley Bieber. She was going out with Drake at the time and she fronted the brand and that took the brand from something that was like, uh, like Sydney Eastern Suburbs, people in Bondi Junction buy it, to a very like global audience. So I think, you know, that collaboration and that range of products really pushed that, that brand to something that, you know, could be the real deal. Totally. And do you have a, like, a dream collaborator, if you want to put it out in the universe now, that you would love to work with in the Roundhouse? J.W. Anderson, I think he's the biggest creative talent of our time. So every time I see him make something, like a candle, I'm like, oh, I didn't know a candle could be so cool. 
You know, like everything he does is just, he's just so genius. I've asked that question before and collabs every time I've asked the question have resulted off the back of that. Oh my God, Jenny, I'll be calls me. If you're listening. Okay, cool. And then your content, I find really immediately recognizable. It's very punchy. It's got a signature brand style when it comes to your content. What's your content strategy for In The Mountain? It's because I do it all, so I make every... So um, you shoot it? I shoot it all. And at the Daily Edited before, I shot everything then too. Um, And I think that just enables the content to be very, like, you know, a certain style, very consistent, and so that's probably... That's amazing. I didn't know you shot all of it still. Yes. Gosh, you're busy. It's okay. Wow. Yeah, it's okay. It's <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah, Who it's needs okay. sleep anyway? Um, and then we've talked a lot about personalization, um, you know, with the daily edited and everything mm. like that. What would you say? Why is it so important to personalize your communications with your customers? I just think, you know, it's just simple things like when a customer tells you their name so you can put it into your like point of sale system to be like thank you Susan you know and like when she walks out the door Susan see you soon you know like it's all that kind of behavior that people respond really well to so I think that's just a normal human thing Yeah. yeah and do you have any other tips as to how you can really grab that opportunity like you have those opportunities with your customers mm. like do you have any tips for e-com brands wanting to personalize their communications more I guess there's nothing wrong with, like, reaching out to a random set of customers. So I I used to write, um, like, a Christmas card to the top, like, 100 customers and things like that. And a lot of brand owners do that. You hear these stories all the time. So I think, you know, these things that you may not be able to do because you don't have a physical retail asset or whatever, you can still replicate online. might be even, like, inviting people to a lunch at your office because a lot of people have really beautiful offices and things now like a lot of people I know who love a brand love to see and know the founder or yeah. the um you know it's a bit of behind the scenes someone's doing things that don't scale hey yeah mm. a little bit oh yeah I know that's terrible isn't it I don't know no 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 I think you uh, have to do those things yeah like the black cab can that go to everyone <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if I don't get a Christmas card this year I'll yeah. be <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's the what's next for in the roundhouse? That's my very last question. Um, we're launching on? in Sac, so I'll tell of my old relationships and my brand partners so now next year. So hopefully I can go over there and um, kind of execute that because in the in the homeware space there hasn't been anyone really shaking up that um, arena. So yes, there's like in Australia we've got like Maison Balzac, Dinosaur Designs, Mud to a degree, but they're. they're I love those brands and I always use them in styling and things, but there's no one kind of going in there and like activating that floor. So I really want to activate homewares in the same way that I activated accessories. That's awesome. Fabulous. Thank you so much. That was brilliant. Such a great chat with Elise Tran. Thank you so much to Elise and to Yotpo and to the amazing women in e-commerce community for supporting this episode. You can check out all of the links uh, in the show notes, which I highly recommend you check out, especially joining the Yotpo Aoi community. It's super, super supportive, especially if you're in e-commerce. It's a resource you can't be without. Uh, until next time, I'll see you soon.